Scene 3 Out of Control The following day, Nick came home late after dealing with a variety of work challenges. He was tired but anxious to talk with his contractor friends in India. Some of the open questions from yesterday were troubling. He turned on his Mac. Da Vinci was dressed in a bright Hawaiian shirt and cargo shorts, standing barefoot in front of some ocean on a beach. He turned and faced Nick. My first visit to an ocean and I cannot feel the sand between my toes or smell this fresh air, he said with a hint of sadness. It was a stark reality. He was now of this world again but lacked many of the senses. This world, your world has changed, mostly for good and some not so good, he added. Da Vinci was quite melancholy and introspective. Nick sat quietly and listened. In my world, April Fall could have been leader of people, but she never would have achieved that honor because of her gender and heritage. In my world, many children died for reasons you would find impossible. In my world, the power of religion was too great and their leaders too corrupt. In my world, people could not love and live and be free to choose their soulmate. Da Vinci walked to a beach chair and sat down. He continued, This work, this work we have done could soon fall into evil hands. Imagine the recreation of the worst scoundrels of history. The digital DNA architecture you have built must be guarded at all costs. We're going to need a virtuous ally with strength and courage. He continued, I cannot say which will be your greatest enemy, governments or villains or religion. Forces you cannot imagine will seek this code. It was a chilling prophecy. Nick was shocked and asked quietly, Yesterday, you said you weren't sure if you should involve yourself with our history. Have you changed your mind? Da Vinci sensed Nick's anxiety. Ah, my good friend, I find great beauty in the progress of humanity. And Nick replied, Well, we're not perfect, but most of us try really hard to do right by one another. I see many good things, but there are three good things that fill my heart, Da Vinci said as he stood up. 1. If immigrants came to your town in 1500, they were there to destroy everything and kill all the men. I see Greeks in this new land. I see many civilizations living peacefully all over the world. This was the remarkable vision Nick had when he began this journey. He thought it to be an extraordinary perspective and one that could only be seen with a 500-year break in the action. I see April Falk, and Da Vinci held out his palms. A woman of color leading men in saving civilization. Women are most remarkable, and I am happy to see this progress. Da Vinci walked down the beach a bit. There were real people on the beach, but Nick had no idea where he was. There is a freedom on this beach, a freedom to love. There are children here with two mothers. 
There are men happy and free to be in one another's company, and there are families of mixed races. Society passes by, unbothered and respectful. I am well pleased with humanity. I can help you and I want to do so, but we will need more help. April's anxieties and concerns must be put to rest. She does not yet realize it, but she is now one of the most important people in the world, along with you. Another day passed. April had driven past Nick's house 20 times. A battle raged in her head regarding Da Vinci and she was torn. She couldn't decide how to proceed. Complicating things, she got a text from the assistant U.S. attorney. The AUSA was part of her task force. The news was not good. Search warrants and wiretaps on the maker of the game Rage were denied. Not nearly enough evidence. She and her team had a strong sense a conspiracy was afoot. She put her car in park, got out, walked up the Nick's side door and let herself in. Nick was sitting in his chair with his hands laced behind his head. His mouth was wide open as he looked upon his screen. He motioned his eyes for April to come over. A well-dressed man and Da Vinci were seated in front of a Trojan horse. With the Golden Gate Bridge in the background, April guessed they were Chrissy Field by San Francisco Bay. Da Vinci was wearing jeans, an open shirt, and a New York Giants football hat. He also had five strands of neon Mardi Gras beads around his neck. Ciao, he said to April as she came into view. The conspiracy you perceive is complicated. Those people in the streets are pawns. There is an enemy within. And Da Vinci pointed toward the Trojan horse. Within the belly of your rebels exists an evil that wishes to destroy this country. April's eyes were fixed. This was confirming her intelligence. How do you know this, she demanded. A programmer in Zagreb, Croatia, makes a claim on his LinkedIn profile that he wrote the original code for rage. A former associate of his was apprehended yesterday in Belgium as he and a group of anarchists planned to destroy the NATO headquarters. The associate was embedded in the local protest group. Only an hour ago, law enforcement in Brussels put out a request on Interpol for information about the game Rage. The anarchist computers in Brussels show high activity with this game. There appears to be a competition among these groups within this electronic game. Thus, there is a high probability the protest groups in this area have a connection to the game Rage also. April was speechless and amazed with the speed with which Da Vinci connected data in the public domain and within some closed networks. Da Vinci continued, Within the world of technology, there are many flaws that I can now navigate, but there is one piece of technology, and he held up an iPhone. This one has many answers, but without passwords or biometrics, we can only wait for outcomes. Encryptions are quite strong, so we cannot intercept transmissions. We need access. April looked at Nick. Is he helping us? Uh, yeah, Nick said. We had a talk. 
he wants to help. I can explain later. I really don't know if this talk of encryptions is good or not good. That's not public domain stuff, April shouted. But a potential unlawful attack on passwords and encryptions? And she paused. A couple hundred years ago? I wasn't there, and neither were you. Some guys wrote this thing called the Constitution, and we have a ton of privacy laws. I have read the Constitution and reviewed all the laws of privacy, Da Vinci said. But there are no violations if people willingly give you the information you seek, if it is of their own free will. And the well-dressed man stood up. April's mind was overloading with stimulation. Her case, Da Vinci, the law, the NSA, her friend Nick. April's focus even bounced to the on-screen setting. Is anything on the screen real? Are these guys really in San Francisco? And Nick answered, I suspect you're seeing a live feed of Chrissy Field, but Leonardo, this Trojan horse, and... And Nick paused, and he looked away. And Dr. Freud? The three of them are visiting the Bay Area. In another and yet unexplained move, da Vinci had cloned the digital DNA architecture gathered the needed data, hosted it on a dark server in Utah, and recreated Sigmund Freud. Da Vinci had done in a few hours what Nick did in two years with a lot of help. Panic was setting in with April. She was having a manic moment. Things were getting out of control. I think things are getting out of control, April blurted out. I just have to be honest here. She was visibly upset. Freud spoke. Yeah. Things are well under control. Don't let your fears drown out the search for truth and justice. If I promise you that in five minutes you will be confident and relaxed, will you let us explain? Freud was strangely calming. April agreed. Nick's mouth was still agape. He was still trying to wrap his head around da Vinci's new masterpiece. He was actually more anxious than April. Da Vinci was amassing power at breakneck speed, but only Nick could see what was going on behind the curtain. April's mind was all over the place. I don't understand all this symbolism, she continued. Why are you in San Francisco? Why this Trojan horse? Why are you wearing a New York Giants hat? And why is Sigmund Freud with you? Da Vinci answered all the questions in rapid fire. A Robin Williams, a metaphor, when in Roma, and psychology. April was quick with riddles, so she generally got what he was saying, but fired back. Do you realize you're wearing the wrong giant's hat? Da Vinci looked at Freud. Is a giant not a giant? Malista, Freud said in Greek, which is the emphatic word for yes. Stunned, Nick said, and you taught Dr. Freud how to speak Greek as well? Da Vinci and Freud looked at each other and had a good chuckle. Every historian knows Sigmund Freud spoke many languages, including English, Italiano, and Greek, Da Vinci replied. But in spite of all this universal intelligence, the subtle nature of sport teen names went right over Da Vinci and Freud's head. 
This is the end of scene three.